Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see all of y'all here this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew in front of you if you'd like to take one and fill it out and then just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. We would greatly appreciate it and would love to get to know you a little bit better. I do have uh, several important announcements for you all this morning. First, I know you guys have been dying for this news, okay? So just get so excited about this. We have our tallies in from our Super Bowl, okay? What do you think, who do you think the winner was? <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm, but no. <laughs> So we have 193 cans collected for the Rams and 118 collected for the Patriots. So Rams win according to our Super Bowl here at church. We'll see what happens tonight. Okay, a uh, few other things just to remind you of coming up. Um, Sam will be having a Valentine's Day lunch at Cafe Vesuvio on um, Thursday, February 14th. Uh, you can sign up in the atrium if you would like to attend that lunch. Everyone is welcome to attend. Um, just make sure that you sign up so that they can have an accurate total for their reservations. There will be a morning Bible study on Jonah beginning Monday, February 18th at 10 a.m. There is also a sign-up sheet in the atrium for that as well. Um, this summer, we are taking the opportunity to take our kids and our youth um, to deep impact camps. Uh, there's going to be two separate camps, and so uh, the youth will be going to deep impact at Caswell. It is the week of June 30th through July the 6th, um, and deposits and registration forms for that are due to me by next Sunday. Um, I know that's super early, it seems like, but July will be here before you know it. Um, and so we need to know if you are wanting to go on that trip um, and then just deposit your $50 to secure your slot for that as well. Um, but this, this summer, we're, we're starting something new. Um, we're going to be offering a camp for our kiddos. So if you have a child who is in first through fifth grade, so they're in first through fifth grade right now, they're not going into first or going into fifth um at the end of this summer so it's going to be sunday july 28th through wednesday july 31st we're going to be taking them to camp munda vista um i have forms over here i have registration forms and then an informational form so it'll tell you everything you need to know about the camp um, but i just wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that that opportunity is coming up because registration for that will be due march the 24th so if you have a child that fits in that category of first through fifth grade and you think they would be interested in going to camp, uh, just come see me after church. I can tell you a little bit more about it um, and we'd love for them to participate this summer. So two opportunities, one for kiddos and then um, for our youth as well and we're excited for both of those trips. The blood drive we had this past Friday, we wanted to just let y'all know that we did collect 21 units. We were very excited about that and thankful. Um, and we wanted to say a special thanks to Mary Lou Gregory, Tom Luck, and Stephanie Bridges for helping out with that blood drive. We appreciated that and we couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, and then one other thing just to call your attention to, uh, Jack Quiggle's address that's on the back of this bulletin is incorrect. 
Um, and so if you would like to send Jack a card, um, you can give it to John and Cindy, and they will make sure that they get that to him. But just please know that that address is incorrect. That is on the back of the bulletin, okay? A couple of pre-requests to mention to you all this morning. Uh, we want to be remembering Jimmy Allen. Uh, Jimmy fell this past weekend and um, broke his hip. And so Jimmy is going to be having surgery tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock um, in Henderson. And so we want to be praying for him. Uh, he is in a lot of pain. And so please just be lifting him up and his wife Caroline as she tries her best to um, help him however she can. And then also Margie Bridges is at Moore Regional, so we want to be remembering her in our prayers. And then Fran Thomas is recuperating from a Mohs procedure, so we want to um, just keep her lifted up in prayer as well. Would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for allowing us to gather in this sacred space this morning, God. God, all the many things that we have coming up that we're so excited about that we get to participate with our church family. God, we just pray that you would um, bless all of those activities and that you would help us to, to glean something from each of them. God, I just want to lift up the people that we mentioned that are on our prayer list. There are so many needs, Lord, and you know each one. We just pray that you would be with each one of these people specifically, whether it be them or their family, and that you would just comfort them as only you can. God, we pray that you just be with us now and that you help quiet our hearts so that we can focus on worshiping you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll stand with me and sing hymn number 342, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let's all stand. Yeah. 
dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many, many blessings, dear Lord. We give thanks for the heartbeat that gives us a life. We give thanks for a life that gives us a purpose. May we fulfill that purpose, dear Lord, in a way that is pleasing to you. Please accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you stand and, well, you're already standing. <laughs> Continue standing and sing 406, The Solid Rock.
Okay. Good morning. How is everybody? Good. Okay. Oh, I'm getting stuck. Sorry. Okay. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says this. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. So I brought something this morning from my office to help us with this story. So... This is a rock, right, from my office. Um, we used this a couple of, um, well, it was a year ago, um, when we did Disciple Now with the youth, and it was a reminder to pray. And so we put this somewhere to remind us to pray. But for this purpose, I just want you to think of this as a rock, okay? What's another word for a rock? A stone, that's right. So in our story today, Peter uses the word stone to describe rocks and even people. Now, how can a person be like a rock? How can someone be like a rock? What do you think? Hmm? Okay. So what about strong? Can people be strong like a rock? Yeah, there's your muscles. They can be strong. What about, can people be used to build things? Yeah. Okay. So Peter calls Jesus a cornerstone. The cornerstone is the stone that everything else is built upon, and that's Jesus, okay? So you can't build a whole building with just one stone, right? You wouldn't think so, right? Okay. You can't. So, just like you can't build a building with just one stone, you can't build a church with just one person. Who do you need to build a church? Jesus. Yes, you need Jesus. He's the cornerstone, absolutely. But who else do you need to God. have a church? God, yes, absolutely. What about teachers? Do you need teachers? Sunday school teachers? What about people that bring you snacks to Awana on Wednesday night. Do you need them? Y'all sure do. <laughs> what about pastors? Do you need pastors that help get up there and, and bring a word from God each Sunday morning? Yeah. What about people that come and unlock the doors for us and turn the heat on so we're nice and warm when we get here and not frozen? Those people are important too, aren't they? Yeah, it takes all kinds of people to build a church, just like it takes all kinds of stones to build a building. So, the people that, that we use to help build this church, they are like living stones, okay? It says that. It says, where did it go? Hold on. In 1 Peter, it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. So it says you. Who else is a living stone? I mentioned the Sunday school teachers, pastors, people that unlock the doors. Who else? God, Jesus, and who else? Who's sitting right here? Who are y'all? 
Children, you are part of the church too, and we need you to be a part of the church, to build up the church, okay? You are our future. Okay, so we're going to say a prayer together to thank God that he is our cornerstone for the church, okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay, yeah, you want to hold it? You hold it while I'm praying, okay? Dear God, we thank you so much for these children that are here this morning. God, we thank you that you are the cornerstone upon which we build our entire foundation, God. We thank you for all the people in this church that are like living stones that we build upon to make this church function each and every week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll be reading from Psalm chapter 118, verses 19 through 24. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will go through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which righteous people will enter. I give thanks to you because you have answered me. You are my Savior. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord is responsible for this, and it is amazing for us to see. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad today. I chose to wait to come up here so I wouldn't scare you, okay? Because, see, I look out this way, it looks exactly the same to me. But when y'all look at me, it looks different. So I, you know, everybody looks at me, and it's amazing when you meet people, and you kind of don't think that your face looks different, and they walk up to you, and their expression changes, you know, and they go, what happened to you? So I want to tell you what happened to me. I'm fine, but uh, I went to the dermatologist. Do I need to say anything else? But uh, this is a pre-cancer treatment that I have finished, and, and it will heal. So I don't think I have leprosy. So uh, it's all good, but uh, anyway, pray with me. Heavenly Father, this is a day that you have made. You are our cornerstone. You have called us to be living stones, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice, being the church and making a difference in our world, and that's our call. We do pause to pray for those that we know have special needs. I lift up Margie to you and ask you to bless her. I lift up Jimmy to you and ask that you bless him. And God, as we pause to pray for people, we are mindful when we hear of an accident or someone suffering from pneumonia but Lord, remind us that all around us, there are those who are spiritually sick, those who have a terminal case of sin. If they don't get to the great physician, even you are God. And so Lord, make us mindful that what the world needs now is your love, your grace, your salvation through Jesus Christ. And you need the church to share that good news. So bless us as we share together. 
In Christ's holy name. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Flat Springs, for giving 21 units of blood this past week, along with our community, many from our church. Thank you for bringing over 300 cans of food to, uh, to help. I'm going to let you cut that off because I didn't even bring it. Sorry about that. Just saw the light. We have a signal, and before the choir goes blind, I forgot my microphone, so I'm going to stay right here, and that's going to be a problem. I'm going to use your microphone. Yes, I got it. Hang on. I wouldn't do that. You'll understand at the end why I'm going to do this, but, uh, yeah, we got to do this. Sorry, Donnie. That's my fault.
Now, Kathy will want to put a sign on the door that says, Gary, remember your microphone. <laughs> I understand how this is going to go. Did I cut it off? Okay. Sorry about that. Um, it's really on. Okay, good. Where was, oh, the 300 cans to uh, help the folks out. I, I'm excited. And now you don't even have to watch the ball game because you know the Rams are going to win. Amen. <laughs> we're one for one, so if we get it right tonight, we're two for two, just saying. Uh, but anyway, thank you for doing that. If you have your Bibles, open with me to 1 Peter. We're, we're going to be doing a series. You'll, you'll see on the insert of your bulletin, if you're ambidextrous, you could be looking in your bulletin and open your Bible at the same time, okay? And we've got the emblem of our 410 project and, and that verse there that says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And that's what we're leaning toward. How can, how can Flat Springs Baptist Church be the church that God calls us to be? How can we... Be this assembly. The, the Greek word is ekklesia for church. And the word actually translates into assembly. To be the assembly. How can we come together in our community and be a place of salvation? Be a place of God's grace. Use the gifts that God has blessed us with to work together. That's our call. Uh, it's hard to start in, in chapter 2. This is one of those places where they put chapters in it and they kind of got right in the middle of a thought because really if you look back at verse 22 in 1 Peter chapter 1, you'll see having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. He's going to come back to that in the text we're about to read. Love one another earnestly. And then in 25 he talks about the word of God the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. How Christ continued the, the work of the gospel, and in this, we come to our text today because we're talking about why have we been born, what is our purpose, what is our purpose as individuals, what is our purpose as a church, and I think we can find another in, in, insight. We're called to be a part of the church, the living church, the, the church of God Almighty. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as we read the first eight verses of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. As he's continuing with how to love and how to be in God's word, he says these words. So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn imp, infants Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, 
I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, would you share a word with us today about what it means to be a living stone and how we need to examine our walk with you and how we are put together as believers and, and what forms us as followers of you and where is our place in this building? In Jesus' holy name, amen. I love the story of the two men that are out on the, between the sidewalk and the road and a little section of dirt and they're digging holes. One's digging the hole and the other's covering it up. And he goes down, he measures how far to go he digs the next hole, and as soon as he gets through, the next guy comes and covers it up. He measures exactly the same distance again, and he does this until the guy across the street watching it finally is just confused. And he comes and he says, man, what are you doing? He says, oh, we, we work for the community, and uh, it's our job today to plant trees. And the guy that puts the trees in the hole, he's out today. I'll wait for you. I want, I want you to think about that for a moment. What do we do at church? If some part's not working, do we just go on and do what we do anyway? Or is there meaning to our madness? Is there a bigger purpose? And I believe there is. I believe that the reason each of us have been born because we've been created in the very image of God and we'll find our fulfillment in our relationship with God nowhere else. And if you don't hear anything, and if you hear that and you don't hear anything else I say today, it could change your life. You are created by God to be a part of His plan and you only find your completeness in Him nowhere else. And so, how are we a part of God's plan? He gives us two options here using stones. To either be part of the living stone that builds up the body or to be a stumbling stone. So today, it's a challenge to be a living part of the community of Christ. It's a challenge to be the church. It's a challenge. We sometimes... I think mistakenly say it's so easy and it is easy to come to an understanding of Christ but it's not easy to give your life to Christ. And unfortunately throughout the church history we've had folks that well 
I remember when I was very young, and they told us then that whatever you had on your church roll, you could expect about half to show up at church. And that rule is now, I think, about 40%, not 50%. What is that? What does that mean? What does it mean? I, we, we, our membership committee, aren't y'all meeting today? Right after church? Next week. They're meeting next week. And we contact folks. Some of them way away. And we say, you know, you, you don't live in the community anymore, don't you? You joined another church? No, no. I won't be a part of Flat Springs. You know, you live in Kalamazoo. You won't be a part of our, what does that mean? How do we dig a hole for you and you are able to put the tree in it? If you're, how does that work? Well, Peter, he tells us we got to stop some things and we got to start some things. There's some things we need to stop and there's some things we need to start. So let's just start as he did with the things we need to stop. He says that, first of all, we need to put away. And I looked up in one of my commentaries. It says to give up and to get rid of. To give up and to get rid of. Now, you may remember that a few years ago, I lost an awful lot of weight. And unfortunately, I found a bunch of it back, okay? I didn't get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? I got, I, it was gone for a while, but I never, did, I never did change the things that got it off to keep it off. And that can happen spiritually too, can it? We can, we can have revival and get excited, but how about the long haul? He says if we want to walk with God, if we want to become this living stone, if we want to become a part of the church, that we're changed as individuals, and then we change our church, and then our church, through the power of God, changes our community, then we've got to put away some things. The first thing he says is to put away malice. The intention or desire to do evil. Ill will. Put it away, he says. Put away that, that feeling of, of anger. Put away that, that moment when you want to have malice. You know when I have more malice than any time else driving a car? You know what I mean? Somebody doesn't use their blinker. Somebody's going too slow. I got behind an OSS, an old muscle car yesterday, going to Moore County, ran 45 all the way, and I never did find a good spot to pass him. And I had to battle malice. You know what I'm saying? I'd have blown my horn, but have you ever heard a Corolla horn? <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't have done what I wanted. That wouldn't have accomplished what I was angry because, and, and you know, and I've had people, I, you know, I have not turned my turn signal on somebody, and somebody came by me, and boy, they let me know they were angry with me. You know, it's easy to show malice. It's, it's, it's just like right below the surface, isn't it? And sometimes it bubbles up in church. Sometimes it bubbles up at the house. 
Sometimes it might bubble up at school or at work. And he says, do you want to be a living stone? You've got to put away. You've got to get it out and get rid of malice in your heart and in your life. How do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The way you do that is when those moments come, you realize that's a place where prayer is needed. That's a, that's a place where you and God have a growing edge. That's a place where you and God need to be together. Then he says, put away deceit. That's the action or the practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. And that's not something we, I mean, we'll all say amen to that until maybe we're trying to sell something <laughs> or we're trying to figure out a loophole. You know about loopholes. We're trying to find a way around something because suddenly being real honest might not be exact. We might, that spiritual sacrifice he's calling for a little bit later has to come in. He says, put away deceit. Put away hypocrisy. The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Did you hear that? Listen to that one more time. The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs, spiritual beliefs, church beliefs, God beliefs, Christian beliefs, to which one's own behavior does not conform. You know, as far as I know, we don't have a hypocrite in our church. But you know who knows about our hypocrisy more than anybody else? Our family. Our family who we live with all the time. They know if we're the same inside and out, don't they? Put away hypocrisy. You want to change your home? Make sure that your practice and your beliefs and your, what you say about God is true every day, all the way, all the time. Put away envy, the desire to, to have something that belongs to someone else. And in our day of competition, that's a difficult place. Put away slander, he says. The action or crime of making false, a false spoken statement damaging to another person's reputation. Common sense stuff. Act like Christ. <laughs> to be a living stone, be like Christ. Stop some things. Stop those things that are ungodly. We know what they are. We know when we have those thoughts, those actions, those ways of life that we want to live in the shadows. We don't want others to know. Those are those areas. Give them to God, he says. So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. And then he says... If you'll put those things away, then there's some new things you can start. And he says, start with the pure spiritual milk, which I've already mentioned. If you go back in 24 and 5, you'll see it's the word of God. The pure milk, the word of God, to do what God's word says, to follow the God's word. Now in this day and time when our phones can give us a daily reminder to read our Bible. They can pull up a devotion for us in this day and time when we can listen to anything we choose to as we drive our cars on all kind of devices. Make sure that we are dwelling on the Word of God. I love that 
passage in Deuteronomy. It's that passage where he says to parents, he says, teach your, your children the word. When you rise up and when you sit down, when you, when you go in, when you come out. And in fact, some of the Orthodox Jews even now will take the, a real small copy of the Ten Commandments and they'll roll them up and they'll put them in a little box. And maybe you've seen, and they'll have a little dang, dangling down and that box will be right between their eyes, kind of like this thing on the side of my face. And it's to remind them and to remind everybody that sees them that the word of God is written upon their life. How are we doing there? The pure milk, this pure spiritual milk. And then I like what he says, growing up into salvation, maturing your faith. Do you know more scripture than you did this time last year? Can you make a better application of Scripture because of your, your personal Bible study? You know, I, I've heard folks say when someone would say something kind of silly or immature, you ever said this to anybody? You ever heard anybody say, oh, grow up. Grow up. And we know what they mean, right? That behavior is out of characteristic with what you should be. Grow up. Grow up. I think that's what God's calling us to do, to grow up in our faith, to, to have an immature church, to have a church that, that maybe we've been a part of for years and years, but we've never seriously taken the call to discipleship seriously. We haven't decided that I do want you to write on my heart the words, and I want to have them in front of me all the time. I want to be able to be a witness for you in season and out of season I want to always be able to, to give a good defense for the gospel. Grow up. I tell you, folks, this world is struggling because we've got an immature church. And this world needs a grown-up church. <laughs> this world needs a grown-up church. Where men of God are men of God. Where women of God are women of God. And they're that way not just in the church, but they're that way all the time everywhere he says when you when you take that word of God and apply it to your life and you begin to mature how do you how do you mature well you're going to need to be in Bible study with someone you're going to have to have someone that you feel like has confidence you, you have confidence in that they know what they're saying you can see in their life the walk they have with God I remember years ago we were struggling at a small church that I was pastoring and we were struggling to get folks to teach Sunday school. And so I missed a, a meeting, and when I came back, they said, well, we've, we've asked so-and-so, wonderful person, lovely person. I, I love that person, still love that person, to teach Sunday school. And I said, really? They don't come to church. They don't come to Sunday school. And they don't come to worship. And you want them to be the Sunday school teacher? And it was for the 7th and 8th grade. That's when we divided classes that way back then. And I began to recognize that sometimes we have to force people into leadership that really haven't grown up. Haven't received the, the calling upon their own life to be serious about their own walk with God. 
Well, I made a prophecy. I said, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. And what we did 90% of the time was send the 7th and 8th graders in with the 10th, 11th, and 12th graders because the person that never did come to church never did come to church. We're called to be God's people, to be this living rock that, that if, we, if we can stop these things and start some things, then and only then can we be built into the body of Christ. Becoming something bigger than ourselves. I, I love what he goes on to say. He says that we're called, and, and I'm going to talk about this next week as well. He, he, he talks about us being this royal priesthood. Becoming something that we're not. I love the way he talks about that, that we have become that living stone of Jesus. And he begins in verse 4. And then in verse 5 he says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. The house is a temple. The priesthood, they work in the temple. And what do priests do? They offer sacrifice. So he's just using an analogy of the, the temple in Jerusalem that won't be standing very many more years, by the way, when Peter wrote these words. But he says, God wants to make you a different kind of temple. You and I, a different kind of temple. He wants us to understand that in this, you and I have access. One of the most significant verses of scripture is Matthew 27, 51. It's a very simple verse. It says, at the time Christ is crucified, that the veil of the temple is torn from the top to the bottom. And that, tail, that, that veil in the temple was only referred to one place. And that was a place from the inner court to the Holy of Holies. And that was a place that only the high priest could go once a year on the Day of Atonement to offer, to offer the people's sins for God to, to bring down forgiveness. And the Bible says that that place was opened up when Jesus died. It's a powerful verse. It's a wonderful image that now we have access, you and I. We don't need a, a priest. I, I sometimes get tickled because, you know, and, and, I, and I understand it. I understand it. That if you've got a problem, you want the preacher to pray for you. I understand that. I, and I'm glad to do it, by the way. I love doing it. But you know you don't need me. You, you know you don't need me, right? You know, I... There may be somebody thinking, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a better line to heaven than you do. And uh, that may be true, but it has nothing to do with me being the pastor, okay? Because you have just as much access to God Almighty as I do. That, that, that's what we, we call it the priesthood of the believer in Baptist life. That, that every one of us are able to, because he rent that, that, that veil that separated, and that was the role of the priest to go where the people couldn't go on their behalf. You don't need me to go on your behalf because you can go directly to God yourself through prayer. Isn't that good news? That's what we believe. That's what we understand. That, 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 but with that wonderful privilege comes some responsibility as well. But when we read these metaphors about being the body of Christ or being the building of Christ, what we understand, that's referring to the church. 
And I've already said, and let me say it again, the world needs a strong church as never before. I still believe, guys, I really do. I believe we can change the world. The church can change the world. Not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus Christ is. I believe he still has the power to change the world. In fact, it's, it's, and it's really hard for me to believe, having grown up and seen the changes in my lifetime, but... When Christ came and the apostles were walking, it was a worse world than it is today. We just can do it faster and, and, and electronically. But it's just as, it was just, in fact, it was a more evil world. It was a much more cruel world. Although I know I live in America and thank God for the blessings of the freedom of our faith. And there are places in this world where there are brothers and sisters who are giving up their life for the cause of the gospel. And it always hurts my heart when I see sometimes how the church in America has become so lackadaisical when we've got brothers and sisters in 2019 that are dying for our faith. And we, don't, we act like it's an option. I don't know. Sometimes it frustrates me. He calls us not only to be this priesthood, but he calls us to offer that spiritual sacrifice. Not, not dead animals. They're not what we do anymore. That's what they were still doing in the temple. But Paul may have been on Peter's mind when he wrote these words. You remember what Paul says in Romans 12, 1? I memorized it in, in the King James Version. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But some other translations say, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I like that. Your spiritual worship. Your spiritual sacrifice is what Peter says, that we're to offer spiritual sacrifices. Paul says, present yourselves. I want you to understand that at the end of this service, we're going to have a commissioning, and we're going to send however many are in this building who are believers out into the highways and the byways of Sanford, and we're going to tell you to go out and be the servants of Jesus Christ and bring in the lost to know Christ as their Savior. That's our role. That's what we exist to do. That's what we need to be doing. There's some things we need to stop and there's some things we need to start. And if we don't, then there's some things that are going to be stumbling. If you go to Isaiah 8, 14, you'll read this passage that Peter's referring to. Stumble because why? He says, of disobedience. I want you to see the last line. They stumble because they disobey the world as they were destined to do. And in English we think, well, that may be that they didn't have a choice. But what he's saying is the reason that they stumble is when you disobey God, there's no other option. When you go against God, there will be a day you stumble. And it may be today and it may be tomorrow and it may be the day we all stand before God Almighty. But there will be a day that if we reject the cornerstone, the living stone. We don't become the living stones. Then we will stumble. Why? Because of disobedience. If the church is weak, then our influence on the culture is weak. Why do I want you to come every Sunday? Because I want us to grow stronger. I'm stronger when you're here. When we look out, I, I mean, you just see people. And when, when this church is full, you know what everybody says when they walk out the door? 
Well, not everybody, but most everybody, a lot of people. Boy, wasn't it good to see everybody in church? Wasn't it good? You know, your presence has a way. There are people that you are influencing by your presence. And when you come here and worship, and we suddenly get a lot of worship going, when I'm worshiping and you're worshiping, suddenly <laughs> there's more worship in the atmosphere. And the more worship there is in the atmosphere, the, the more it becomes contagious. And the more it becomes contagious, well, that's what we're after, isn't it? We're, we're after an epidemic <laughs> of spiritual worship. We want everybody to be infected with the living stone, the cornerstone. Disobedience. Disobedience makes us weaker. Disobedience can get in the way. Disobedience can ruin our family. Disobedience to God can change our witness. Disobedience is a stumbling stone. So this morning, I ask us, why were you born? You were born to be a living stone, a living rock. What do you need to stop? What do you need to start? How can we help others not to stumble on the stone that the builder rejected? God help us not to reject the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, our Lord, not only in our profession, but in our actions, in our daily walk. May we be God's people. May we present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Listen to the next verse in Romans 12, 1 as we close today. You ready? Oh, these are big words. They'll, they'll resonate with us, and they'll challenge us. Romans 12, 2 says, are you ready? Are you ready? I want you to hear it. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. A living stone, not conformed, transformed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in just a moment, we're going to open the altar and we're going to invite anyone who needs to come to come. Maybe to come and pray. Maybe to come and, and make a decision. But you know the need of every heart. Our prayer is even now that we would be listening to nothing or no one else save your spirit. And we would say, Lord, this is what if I say to you, this is what if I do for you. This is what if I commit to you will move the needle and make a change. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to not be conformed, but to be transformed. That we might become those living stones built into the living church. That we might be place of salvation to everyone who hears of Flat Springs Baptist. In Jesus' holy name we pray.
We're about to sing about the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, page 318 this morning. If you need to make some decision for our Lord and Savior, if you need to come to the altar to pray, if you need to stay where you are and make a decision, whatever God may be saying, answer God's invitation as we stand together. Would you be seated for just a moment? Uh, for several Sundays, uh, we have had John and Patricia Porter coming to join us, and uh, they know a lot of you, and they still came. Isn't that amazing? I, I think it's because they know you that they come today uh, for many reasons. Uh, they live right at the end of Deep River, and our access uh, in and out of our worship center is very uh, helpful. And they come today feeling the Lord has asked them to become a part of Flat Springs Baptist Church when we receive a letter from a sister church in our community. So I gladly present them. Do I hear a motion that we receive them into our membership? I hear a motion. Do I hear a second? Second. All those who would join me in welcoming them, would you indicate that by saying hallelujah? Hallelujah. John, we're going to try hard to be the church that you need us to be and Patricia... We are delighted that God has brought you to us and that we can travel this road together. We are excited about that. John can walk, but he has balance issues, and so that's why we're using this chair. So we're going to have him there at the door, and Patricia says she's going to hang on to that. So together, we got it worked out. I know you'll want to come by and share with them a welcome and a promise to pray for them together as we, and when we do that, we need to remind ourselves we promise to pray for each other that we can be the people of God in the midst of all God's people. Would you stand with me? 
See, I was going back there. That's why I needed this microphone. But anyway, it all worked out. So, uh, and thank Reed and, and Randy for getting the chair here for us. And now, as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might indeed be his living stone people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, go with us from here, for there is much work to be done out there. And Lord, we need you to strengthen us, to love us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to go with us, to go before us, to go beside us, to go behind us that we might be your people. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.